Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, January 13th. In today's news, the Secret Service takes command of all security precautions for the inauguration. The FBI warned of a war coming to the Capitol the day before the mayhem. And Joe Biden's advisors fear that President Trump's order to widen the vaccine pool is reckless. But first, the big idea. The push for an unprecedented second impeachment of President Trump took a dramatic bipartisan turn on Tuesday as several senior House Republicans joined the Democratic effort to remove Trump for his role in inciting the angry mob that stormed the Capitol last week. And the White House this morning is bracing for more defections. Congresswoman Liz Cheney from Wyoming, the daughter of the former vice president and the third ranking Republican in the House, joined John Katko, the congressman from New York, who is the top Republican on the House Homeland Security Committee, to endorse impeaching Trump. They were later joined by Congressman Adam Kinzinger from Illinois, Fred Upton from Michigan, and Jamie Herrera-Butler from Washington. Cheney said in a statement that the president summoned this mob, assembled this mob, and lit the flame of this attack. She added, quote, There has never been a greater betrayal by a president of the United States of his office and his oath to the Constitution. For Cheney, the fallout may be immediate. Pro-Trump lawmakers are agitating loudly for her resignation as Republican conference chair. Meanwhile, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy from California and number 2 Whip Steve Scalise, the two who outrank Cheney in the Republican hierarchy, are opposing impeachment, putting them on the other side of the legacy-defining divide over Trump that's beginning to cleave the GOP. Six moderate Republicans, led by Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania and Tom Reed of New York, introduced a resolution to censure Trump, accusing him of unlawfully trying to overturn the election. It's a measure many GOP lawmakers privately say they would be willing to rally around. But Kako said he's endorsing impeachment because to allow the president of the United States to incite this attack without that consequence poses a direct threat to the future of our democracy. Kinzinger added, if these actions aren't worthy of impeachment, then what is an impeachable offense? A senior administration official tells Josh Dossi that the White House expects at least a dozen Republicans to support impeachment later today. Two administration officials say that the White House is rudderless, unwilling and unable to mount any defense other than saying Trump's already going to be gone next Wednesday. Trump, who's been banned from Twitter, for the first time lacks the megaphone to be able to aim angry tweets at those who oppose him. White House officials concede that he has few ways to stem the tide. The Republican statements supporting impeachment, which came after Trump delivered remarks in Texas earlier Tuesday expressing not one iota of contrition for his reckless actions, represent a watershed moment in American history. They signal high-level GOP concern about the role that Trump and other party leaders have played in spreading baseless conspiracy theories about the election. And they reflect just how much the political landscape has shifted since Trump was acquitted in his first impeachment trial just last February. Meanwhile, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell from Kentucky is telling associates that Trump probably committed impeachable offenses. This was first reported by The New York Times, but we've confirmed it. A close advisor says that McConnell has not decided how he will vote on 
impeachment, and he wants to hear the case first. But he has not returned Trump's calls in weeks and remains livid with him, blaming him, among other things, for losing the Senate majority. McConnell, according to an advisor, will not pressure his colleagues to oppose or support convicting the president. A McConnell spokesman declined to comment. Multiple Democratic aides say they expect the full House to vote this evening, one week after the shocking Capitol invasion and one week before Trump is set to leave office to impeach the president. Pelosi signaled confidence that the resolution will pass, naming nine managers to act as prosecutors for the Senate trial, led by Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin from Maryland. House members took a preliminary step late last night, approving a resolution urging Vice President Pence and the cabinet to use their powers under the 25th Amendment to remove Trump immediately. In a letter to Pelosi, Pence wrote that such an action would not be in the best interest of our nation or consistent with our Constitution. The resolution passed anyway, 223 to 205. Kinzinger was the only Republican to support it. Katko was among those who opted not to support it in light of Pence's letter, calling it merely a symbolic gesture. The sparring came as Democrats debated among themselves how to structure their next steps after impeachment passes the House. The Senate isn't scheduled to return to regular business until January 19th, just one day before Joe Biden's inaugural, meaning there would be virtually no chance of conducting a Senate trial and actually ousting Trump from office prematurely. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this Wednesday. Number one, a Secret Service official who's involved in planning for the inauguration says everyone should rest assured that they are literally throwing the kitchen sink at this event. There will be several thousand police and tactical officers in addition to the 15,000 National Guard troops. The Secret Service sent out a call to all of its field offices around the country telling them to send agents to Washington for the coming week. The high-alert security posture is starting six days earlier than originally planned. Carol Lenig, Karun Demirjian, Justin Jovenal, and Nick Muroff report that the accelerated timetable is part of an effort to fortify the capital city in anticipation of potential violence on Sunday when pro-Trump groups are calling for armed marches in Washington and all 50 state capitals. Veteran Secret Service and Homeland Security officials describe a level of internal concern about what's going on, unlike anything they've ever seen in their entire careers. Threats they fear include a plot by armed groups to encircle the White House or the Capitol or the inaugural, as well as the possibility that gunmen could stage coordinated attacks against less fortified soft targets around the city. Yesterday, the feds arrested 45-year-old Louis Capriati, in the Chicago suburbs, charging him with threatening to kill any Democrat who attempted to enter the White House on Inauguration Day. Inside the Secret Service, senior supervisors have long been worried about their ability to stop an armed or organized group from piercing the White House fortress. An unwelcome reminder of that risk came back on May 29th. Protective detail agents had to rush Trump to the White House's underground bunker as crowds of demonstrators protesting the killing of George Floyd converged on the White House's north side and many pushed over temporary barricades meant to keep them farther away from the fence. Researchers are finding that right-wing extremists of all stripes have migrated to the encrypted messaging app Telegram since social media site Parler was forced off the internet when its cloud provider Amazon dropped it on Monday. They're sharing detailed diagrams and maps of Washington, talking about how to mount an ambush, talking about mobilizing on the days leading up to the inauguration, 
and posting messages exhorting others to, quote, descend on D.C. and, quote, stick to your guns. Last night, YouTube suspended Trump from uploading any new videos to his official and private accounts for at least a week, joining Twitter and Facebook and shutting the president out. YouTube says they're doing this, quote, in light of concerns about the ongoing potential for violence. They're also indefinitely disabling all comments on Trump's videos. Intelligence suggesting the potential for armed riots or attacks on state houses around the country came into focus yesterday as the Defense Department scrambled to ensure an adequate plan for providing enough boots on the ground in D.C. for the inauguration. One concern is that neighboring states, including Maryland and Virginia, may need to reserve their National Guard to protect their own facilities and personnel. Meanwhile, at the Pentagon, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the most senior uniformed military leaders, issued a highly unusual force-wide statement condemning the riot at the Capitol as a direct assault on the constitutional process, and they affirmed that Joe Biden will become the 46th commander-in-chief. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo abruptly canceled his final trip abroad as the nation's top diplomat, while some of his aides were already on the ground in Belgium waiting for his first stop. Pompeo planned to visit Luxembourg on Thursday, but the meeting fell through after that country's foreign minister publicly called Trump a, quote, political pyromaniac and a criminal for inciting the rioters. Number two. A day before the rioters stormed Congress last week, an FBI office in Virginia issued an explicit warning that extremists were preparing to travel to Washington to commit violence and war. This is according to an internal document that was reviewed by my colleagues Devlin Barrett and Matt Zapatosky. This smoking gun contradicts a senior official's declaration last Friday that the Bureau had no intelligence at all, indicating that anyone at last week's demonstrations planned to do any harm. A situational information report approved for release the day before the riot painted a dire portrait of dangerous planning, including individuals who were sharing maps of the Capitol complex's tunnels and possible rally points for conspirators to meet in Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and South Carolina, and head in groups to Washington. Yet even with this information in hand, the report's unidentified author expressed concern that the FBI might be encroaching too much on free speech rights. Yesterday, the Justice Department announced the formation of a new task force. They're calling it the Sedition and Conspiracy Task Force to bring each and every member of the mob to swift justice. The investigation, one of the largest ever undertaken by the Justice Department, includes counterterror and counterintelligence facets that has led to charges against more than 70 people and already identified 170 suspects to date who they are rounding up in a national manhunt. These arrest figures are expected to increase into the hundreds, if not exponentially. A new grand jury was impaneled on Friday and met Monday to hear several capital breach cases. Prosecutors also condemned all violence against the news media, saying that they have a special division that is investigating and holding accountable everyone who assaulted, threatened, or damaged the property of journalists. A federal indictment in the capital breach was also filed yesterday in Alabama against a man who allegedly brought 11 Molotov cocktails and five loaded weapons into the Capitol. Prosecutors say he also possessed a crossbow, several machetes, a stun gun, and smoke devices. Meanwhile, we continue to learn more about who was in the crowd. Swimmer Cleet Keller, the five-time Olympic medalist and a former teammate of Michael Phelps, 
was among the throng of rioters who stormed the Capitol. His Team USA jacket that he was wearing gave him away. Number three. The United States yesterday broke a new record for daily deaths from COVID. At least 4,250 of our fellow Americans died from the contagion on Tuesday. Advisors to President-elect Biden balked at a decision announced by the lame duck president yesterday to dramatically increase the number of people eligible for the vaccine. Officials have instructed states to begin vaccinating tens of millions of people with high-risk medical conditions that put them at increased risk of dying from COVID, along with all adults 65 and older. Including both of those groups immediately adds another 100 million people potentially seeking shots, bringing the total to 184 million and intensifying demand on already stressed sign-up systems. Lena Sun and Isaac Stanley Becker report that the Trump administration also said Tuesday that it will begin releasing all available vaccine supply right away rather than holding back second doses, as the incoming administration also said last week that it intends to do. Biden's team briefed members of Congress yesterday on his emerging COVID relief plan. That proposal, which Biden intends to unveil in a speech on Thursday, is expected to include $2,000 stimulus payments, an extension of enhanced unemployment insurance, money for vaccine distribution and delivery, as well as funding for cities, states, schools, child care, and more. Finally, starting January 26th, the U.S. government will begin requiring a negative COVID test for all international travelers arriving in our country. The order will greatly expand a requirement put into place last month that mandated testing for American citizens and others flying to the U.S. from the United Kingdom. Officials say they hope expanding the mandatory testing could help to slow the fast-spreading variant of COVID that's been popping up all over the world and, frankly, all over the United States. More than 100 other countries already require all of their visitors to show proof of a negative COVID test. CDC officials say that even now, amid the pandemic, about 100,000 travelers still fly into the United States every single day. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, January 13th. Thank you for listening. I'm James Homan. Stay safe. I'll talk to you tomorrow.